Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the most fascinating and, well, really the most helpful people from around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, your Hieronymus Bosch of business. And what do you think? Should we just wait for the next Sandy-style superstorm to smack us and then shell out another 72 billion in cleanup and repairs? Or should we adopt some preventive protection for our coastlines at about one-fifth the cost? Well, my friend, there are two good bits of news on this solution. Number one, there does exist already proven storm surge barriers that can be erected at our ports and that have actually shown themselves to be effective in places like New Bedford. And number two, and this is this is the really great value here, uh, we have leading the charge against the threat of these storms and sea level rise and our collapsing deplorable infrastructure. We have an actual rarity. We have Mr. Bill Golden, who has energetically devoted his public service career to bettering and helping the people. Alas, a rarity. And just to give you a foretaste of how fervently this former Massachusetts state senator believes in safeguarding us against these threats, Bill Golden is planning an astounding sailing adventure on a light ship all around the continent to raise awareness for sea level rise and aging infrastructure and storm prep. And, well, you, you really just need to listen to this crusading man. So whether you are a uh, regional environmentalist and scientist who's been fighting the awareness fight for decades, like Joe Pilka, or you are a reinsurance executive terrified by the recent high payouts, like Sarah, pull up your chair a little closer. Join us at this feast of wisdom, all carefully cuisined, to make your careers thrive and your adventures flourish. Bill, I'm so glad that you've chosen our port uh, into which to, sh to share your storm of uh, controversy and hope. Uh, so glad you could be here. Well, Bob, it's definitely a pleasure. I've been called many things in my life, most of which I couldn't repeat on air. But, <laughs> but calling me a rarity is a first. Oh, yes, well... What is it uh, Ernie Kovacs always said? They call television a medium because it is neither rare nor well done. <laughs> but anyway, uh, now, uh, we, we've had Hurricane Sandy, and uh, it blew through. Uh, for those of you who are on uh, a certain end of the spectrum, that was a what they call a hurricane. And uh, it was just one, but this was just one superstorm. I mean, it ravaged America, left $71.8 billion in repairs in our wake, but but really, that was a rare fluke, right? I mean, this this is not sort of going to come our way again in our lifetime, right? But uh, extreme weather, uh, such as Superstorm Sandy, is not a rarity. Uh, mm. It is going to become the norm. There is a new reality mm. here. Mm -hmm. And since 2004, mm -hmm. 13 of the most destructive storms ever to hit the United States have occurred. Wow. So 13 out of 14 since 2004. They're coming, and 
and they're mm. coming strong, and they're going to be incredibly devastating. Mm. Well, I've I've heard people say about this. I was talking to Will Hopper, who is a astrophysicist over at Princeton and a denier. He says, well, we've had many other great storms, but there is one difference. Look at where we have positioned ourselves by the millions compared to 1904 or 1986. Or, or the, the damage is going to be greater because we're, we're, we're right on the edge. You're absolutely correct. Uh, mm -hmm. Now... Up to 60% of the population within, lives within one county of the shoreline, oh, and oh, and this has been a historic development. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, back in the days of, of of waterborne transportation, when there weren't cars and there wasn't railroads or anything else, people sought communities on the coast, sure. and that's the origin of our cities. We Americans moved the water the way French moves the wine. Absolutely. Well, now with this storm threat facing our coastal cities. Um, and uh, you're also warning us about sea level rise and aging infrastructure. Uh, from Maine to Florida, give us an idea. What is the state uh, of, of uh, our eastern coast as we are facing it in terms of the, the threats of sea level rise and, and, um, and the structure we've got? Uh, on, the, on the eastern coast, yeah. particularly in the northeast, we're extremely vulnerable. Uh, of all the uh, cities in the United States, New York City has been determined to be the most vulnerable uh, <laughs> to storm surge and sea level rise of all the communities, but there are many others. Mm -hmm. Boston uh, has just hit with three devastating nor'easters. Uh, you know, I filed a lawsuit to clean up Boston Harbor just to clean up yeah, the right. harbor, but the unintended consequence of that was the development of $30 billion of investment along the shoreline in this now beautiful mm -hmm. Queen Harbor. Uh, Unfortunately, when that was built and designed, it wasn't built for the new reality of sea level rise and extreme right. storms. And the flooding from these three nor'easters was devastating. So that is a city that's considering storm surge barriers and other structures. But we also have Norfolk, Virginia, which is suffering from uh, not only the sea level rising, mm -hmm. yeah. but from the land sinking, subsiding. Yes, you go that back by the Hague, and it literally is... It's more flooding than it's been for, uh, I have relatives down there, and there's more flooding there uh, around the, the back area than there has been in decades. And you go down to Florida and you can see Fort Lauderdale, uh, which is, uh, you know, I have a, a picture I use in my presentations of a beautiful house with a for sale sign. Mm -hmm. It looks like a house anyone would want to buy. The next picture of that house is with water three feet up the side of the house. Beautiful sunny day. Same day. Uh, just simply day. from a king tide. Miami Beach could be gone in 30 or 40 years, although they're still building on Miami Beach. Right. New Orleans is also sinking. They'll be building as it's going down there. I mean, yeah, as, as it's going down, right. the, the lower hammers down to people through the wells. It's incredible. It's it incredible. is incredible. And, and New Orleans is the same way. They lose a football field size of Earth every 56 seconds and lost oh. 28 named places last year. So this is an enormous problem along the East Coast, the Gulf, and actually – even up on, on the West Coast, San Francisco yeah. is, right. is really concerned about Silicon Valley mm -hmm. uh, being inundated. I, I, I am too, but I don't think we're – you're talking about being inundated with water. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> nonetheless, let's not go there. Uh, well, now the, the solution to mitigate, uh, you, you said, is, is a, what you call the storm surge barrier. Uh, it's – going to prevent us from the next $72 billion smash catastrophe. Explain what is the storm surge barrier and how does it work and where has it worked? Yeah, first of all, uh, the solution to rising sea levels and extreme storms 
varies completely depending on the demographics and the geography. Okay. But in New York City and New York and New Jersey, uh, the solution is a solution that's hundreds of years old. It was used by the Dutch, and it's called shortening the coastline. Mm-hmm. We propose building a barrier from Sandy Hook in New Jersey to Breezy Point in New York, a five-mile stretch across the New York Bight, and another barrier on the Throg's Neck, about a mile. What's this, totally, what's this stuff made of? What, what's uh, our barrier made of? Well, these barriers are constructed with different materials and different designs for the location. The one that we want I mean, to build... I mean, is it natural? Is it stone? Is it metal? Is it, uh, it, is, it depends on the area. Uh, oh, okay. Some of the early ones, the crude ones that caused environmental disasters, mm-hmm. was simply a barrier, a solid barrier of stone put out there that caused... Uh, Mississippi levy kind of stuff. Yeah, and inside those barriers, if you were cutting off a, a marine environment, it died. So they were an environmental disaster. That's your grandfather's storm right. surge barrier. The newer ones, uh, like the Thames barrier in London, which is over 40 years old, is a series of, of like bridge abutments, stanchions. Yeah. Okay. And in between those are plates that lie on the ground, mm-hmm. and they pump the water out, and they come up, and they form a, a solid barrier. Now, the London barrier has been closed 173 times since its origin and has never failed. It has protected London from no floods and inundations and storm surge and sea level rise that have devastated the surrounding area. Mm-hmm. Now, there are two phenomena that we're focused on, storm surge right. and sea level, two very different phenomena. Oh, yeah. Storm surge comes from extreme storms. Yeah. It can be of varying elevations, but we know it's going to be of increasing elevations. Sea level rise is very slow. It's methodical but it is also increasing in height. New York City, for example, next 50 years or so. It's like an evangelist versus a Quaker. Uh, kind of like that, yeah. Right. Okay. You're, you're right yeah. on the same track. Okay. Uh, but the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the, the sea level rise will be about three feet in New York City. In what period of time? In about a 50-year time. You're a, a, whoa, 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 say that again. If the sea level rise approximately three feet. That, that's the most aggressive level. It goes from one and a half to three feet. But three feet is what a lot of scientists believe is going to be the, mm-hmm. the, the level of sea level rise in New York City. And then by the end of the century, by 2100, uh, just about uh, six feet. So you can build a wall along the perimeter mm-hmm. that is three feet tall right now. It right doesn't now. stop people from getting to the, to the water. It's easily yeah. uh, constructed. It's inexpensive. I, I, can, I can launch my, my canoe, my motorboat, my whatever I want to. Yeah, yeah, through it or over it or whatever. Uh, however... Uh, if you try to protect from sea level rise and storm surge by a barrier along the coast, yeah. it would have to be 25, 30 feet high. Oh, right, so right, you, right. you put that barrier out to sea to stop the storm surge. You stop the sea level rise by a very modest, a uh, modest barrier, wall. a seawall. And the, along the, the storm coast. surge is sort of a floating affair, I guess, isn't it? Or, or not, not floating. It, it, it rises, it pumps. What, what, what happens with the storm surge barrier is it's open. It doesn't, it doesn't stop the flow of water. It doesn't increase turbidity. Or, 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 tra- or trade going in. It's not going it's it's not not to stop commerce. Down. It's not going to stop recreational boating or whales or any kind yeah, of right. uh-huh. fish or biota. And it's uh, going to just flow back and forth. So snakes and politicians can come in too, right? Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, getting from New York to New Jersey, I think you're going to need a passport in the future, so I'm not sure politicians are going to flow through this. But anyway, uh, and the evil. eye of the needle thing as well. The evil, yeah. Yeah, the right, absolutely. evil of two lessers, whatever. Yeah. Yes. But, but really, um, what you do with this barrier system is you close it at low tide. Right. Now imagine, uh, a land lane, a land side barrier would probably be closed at least a day before a storm hit, maybe two days, when you don't even know if the storm is going to get hit. So if you're getting hit 
by a storm every 15, 20 years, you might be closing this barrier two or three times a year during that period when it only needed to be closed once, disrupting the economy, business, farmers, the population. However, with this one, you close it just hours before, the last low tide. And with today's technology, we know when the storm is coming. We know at that point. point, So you you close it, it's low tide, Uh no death. Forty-odd people died in Staten Island from Sandy. No death, no devastation, no $20 billion worth of damage in New York City, which Mayor Bloomberg said by 2060 would be $90 billion worth of damage. No damage at all. It's just low tide. Right, Uh uh-huh. And there may be wind and rain, but that rain is flowing into low tide. Now, imagine if you build a 20-foot wall around Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, right. And Sandy was a windstorm. It wasn't a hurricane. That's true. But it came at a time. It came at a a moon uh, time for for high tides, which is what what really made New Jersey hit so terribly. Yes. And and Cape Cod. It still could have been very bad, but it was worse because Mm -hmm. of that. Uh, No doubt. So, but the National Academy of Sciences has said that your 100-year storm mm-hmm. is likely to become your 25-year storm. Okay. That's, and, that's, and so, you know, what people tell me is So that, we're all going to see our next one. We, we, yeah, we're going to see the next Sandy, and uh, regardless of what political aisle you sit on. And that's an important point. That's a big point. Because these used to be looked as acts of God or mm-hmm. acts of nature that occurred once, maybe in three generations. I mean, the big hurricane for me... Yeah. Uh, was the hurricane of 38, which was my grandfather's hurricane, not mine. But now, with uh, this increasing frequency, we're going to see several in a lifetime. And as we see those, if we don't prepare for them, we're going to have that kind of economic burden on us. Now, up to now, the federal government has been paying 90% of the cost of those losses. Under this administration, in this fiscal austerity that we're, we have in government, that's not going to happen anymore. No, no. They, so what happens with the, when, the, when the $70 billion doesn't come from the federal government? That means we have to come up with that money. That means we're going to rebound slower. We're going to rebound at a, less, at a lesser level of economic viability after a second storm or a third time. So what you're saying is that, is that if we're going to, uh, that it's better to come up with a cheap, uh, a cheap preparation because it's, it's going to be tough raising the money to build it. It's going to be, it's going to be virtually impossible to, do the, to, to come up with a cleanup afterwards. It, it may be possible, but it's going to take us longer, and we won't come back as strong. If you've just joined us, you're li- <clears throat> listening to The Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. streams magically through the profoundly misunderstood realms of cyberspace and where you may listen to this show and all our shows by downloading, just visiting theartoftheceo.com. We are on several live broadcasts and uh, a host of streaming internets. The easiest way is just go to theartoftheceo.com. And um, just before we get right back into it, by way of, I, I just want to explain to you, my friend out there, a little bit about the gentleman whom we're having speaking here. This is the tenacious Bill Golden, uh, what, crusading state senator, city solicitor. Bill, just uh, to give us an example, could you name for us one of your, one of your great triumphs that you worked on, that you have worked on in the past while you were in public service? Just to give us an idea. I could more easily name my losses, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
You know, I've had the privilege of being able to work with a lot of really motivated, passionate people, mm. and uh, and it is. You know, and I've had a, I've had the opportunity together to have some successes. I, I think that I one of the uh, one of the accomplishments that we together were able to achieve that I'm most proud of is the cleanup of Boston Harbor. Oh, that was a wonderful. You know, it, when I I filed the first lawsuit to clean up Boston Harbor, that mm-hmm. ended up um, creating something called the Massachusetts Water Resources Authority, uh, right. which is a uh, an agency that has uh, planned, developed, constructed, operated, and maintained a water and sewer system for 51 cities and towns. Sustainable development. It, it, it has it has created this system, and it's uh, for the city of Boston and the 50 surrounding communities. And we did it because at a time that nobody wanted to do it. There have been 100 studies about how polluted Boston Harbor was. Right. There was a study of how many studies had been done, but nobody <laughs> had done anything. And this is the important point with all of the facts. dress up the white elephant rather than take him out of the stairs. Uh, let's live with him, you know, and, and pretend he's not there. You know, I mean, the, the issue in our society today is we have to think differently. We're facing realities that we have never faced before. And in order to do something together, we have to come together as a society, come up with solutions, come across the aisle. I work, as a, as a Democrat, I work with Republicans all the time to come up with solutions. We have to come together as a community, come up with practical Hallelujah. solutions, but big ideas. We can't shirk away from the big ideas. We can't see ourselves as victims. You watch all the coverage of Harvey, of Rita, of Maria. It was not 10 seconds about preventing those disasters. It was all that we were the victims of those disasters. Yeah, yeah. I will say that I saw there was a great difference. I take a little bit of Garden State pride here. When I looked at the difference of uh, after Katrina and the whole New Orleans idea was, where are the people coming help us? And New Jersey was saying, well, get your shovels, boys. We've got to get this stuff fit. We've got to get it stopped there. But even so, I agree with you. And it's a big idea. Okay, uh, your storage serm surge barrier is is big. It sounds wonderful. It sounds great. It sounds expensive. What kind of money are we going to have to come up with to uh, well, uh, just one coast? Let's just start, take the East Coast. What kind of money are we going to have to? Or are we talking about here? Uh, we're talking about investments of billions of dollars. There's no question it's going to be expensive. But we have to look at the alternative. And when, when we look at the alternative, we have to think on a multi-generational basis. What we're trying to do with the storm surge barrier system is to protect New York City for 100 or more years, for several generations. And when you say, one, is it worth protecting? It's going to be so costly. Is it worth protecting? I think you could find a lot of answers to that one, but go ahead. Well, New York City, I, I, I'm a kid from Boston, as you can right, tell by yeah. my accent. My so dog you're, is you're, you're, that you're, way, you know? Your feeling, feeling is let it go. No, I'm not sure. at all. You you know, at one time it might have been. Uh, you know, I'm still not a big fan of the Yankees or the Jets or the Giants. Oh, but, bite your tongue. But, but, anyway. but New York City I've come to love because you can't spend time in New York City, no. as we have done, without realizing he is an incredible expression of the human spirit. 400 years of blood, sweat, tears, and dreams that has created a fabric of activity that is vibrant. It's mm. one of the, if not the biggest center of economic activity in the oh, world. Oh, it is. It yeah. is the great, most diverse city of any city in the world. Yeah, yeah. This is worth saving, oh, at yeah. least as long as we can. Now, after 100 years, 150 years, if we don't do something about climate change, we're going to be facing... Anyway. You know, 20, 30, 40, 50 feet of water. 
And maybe you can't save New York City at that point. But the 100-year period will give it a chance to figure this out. Okay, Bill, I'm going to give you a $72 billion budget because uh, that's what the last cleanup was. Can you, can you put the uh, storm surge barriers up for less than that? We can put the storm surge barrier we're talking about that would protect New York and New Jersey with an 850-mile coastline in the port of New York and up to Albany uh, for about the same price as one Sandy. So if you're caught, and if you imagine how many Sandys or how many real hurricanes oh, yeah, it might right. be over the next 100 to 150 years. Yeah, right, right. That's amazing. And, and we frankly, we don't have a choice. The mayor of Boston just came out and said, yes, this is costly. But we don't have a choice. This is existential. If Boston right. wants to continue to exist, we've got to make this investment. And as we make this investment, not we're even paying, the Lowells and Cabots can save it. Not even the Lowells and Cabots. All right, uh, Bill. I, I think this is you. You really taught us a lot, and I believe that uh, after all, he's he's rushed upon us. It's time to take a brief uh, survey from all the wisdom that, that Bill's been giving us, and. Uh, so allow me to give you a few uh, utensils for uh, today's Feast of Wisdom. And the first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important idea, uh, uh, position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you take a good look at those road-blocking fears and assess what percent are real versus imagined? Or will you continue to just slip on the comfortable old shoes and scurry cringingly all around the old familiar path? The choice, my friend, is truly, truly yours. And as a second utensil, I can sense your yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and taste the scriptural recitation from the 102 Best Business Quips book. And today... By the great good theories of Ganesh, we have, you will be hearing your quip from guest announcer, Mr. Braden Golden. Braden, what is the quip you've chosen um, for us? The quip is today is if you can afford to pay your people, what what are their worth if you need better people? Absolutely true. Right. <laughs> uh, wonderful. And, you know, as an afterthought, I've often thought that if you can, uh, if you don't value your people, above your ability to take care of them, uh, what, uh, you should look at that. And fortunately, I, I always said I believe in hiring people smarter than myself. Of course, my, they say in my case it's impossible to do otherwise. <laughs> anyway, uh, as a third uh, utensil, if, oh, by the way, if you smirked a bit over that quip that Braden gave us, uh, we've got them literally by the books full. Just visit bartsbooks.com and pick up your copy of 101 or 102 Best Business Quips and it will give you a rich arsenal of load lightning laughter to cheer up all your fellow chain gangers at work. And as a third utensil, we sumptuously spoon to you the answer to last week's business quotations. And that is, who was the name of the person who said, fortunes are made by buying low and selling too soon? Those words, my friend, were spoken by none other than the head of Europe's great banking family, uh, Mr. Nathan Rothschilds also makes a killer Cabernet, but that's another story. So congratulations to you winners, and stick with us, because later in the show, blurting your way, comes another enriching quotation. And if you are among the learned souls who knows the name of that sage 
scribble it right down and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. And your and if you're correct, your nulls will earn you a soul string gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And before we return to Bill Golden's climactic superstorm preventions and his grand sale, uh, allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we're here today. That uh, company is Prometheus Publishing, creator of, among many other divisions, Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides. And you may visit bartsbooks.com and explore a wide wealth of wisdom from business masters. And this very day, folks at Prometheus uh, invite you to take a look at the, the book which launched this whole bizarre radio show. It's, it is also entitled The Art of the CEO, and it's a volume which, well, it collects and it distills the most masterful practices of business leaders from around the globe and presents them to you in a way that you can apply to your own career in business. And that is going to make all the difference in the world for you. This book has been praised by radio show host and CEO himself, Daryl Gunter, who said, quote, one of the best business leadership books I've read in my career, full of wisdom. What are you waiting for? So carpe diem, my friend. You are worth it. And now, with utensils in hand, let's float our boat back onto the ravagement solutions provided by the far-sighted Mr. William Golden, CEO, uh, I'm sorry, President of the National Institute for Coastal Harbor, for Coastal Harbor Infrastructure. Now, Bill, I, uh, I, as I understand it, you have several plans for funding the storm surge barrier project. Uh, one of them involves enlisting insurance companies. What, what is one of the ways, how can we pay for this relatively painlessly? Well, a few weeks ago, uh, we had a, uh, a symposium that was located at Goldman Sachs World Headquarters. We mm -hmm. invited a number of experts in, mm -hmm. and there was a panel that presented uh, options on how you finance uh, massive coastal infrastructure projects, uh, traditional options, and innovative options. And uh, one of those options, which was pre uh, presented by Marvin Marcus of Goldman Sachs, was a concept where you would put a surcharge on insurance policies. So this, this would be uh, automobile policies, uh, real estate policies. And the idea would be by collecting a little from a lot of people, all of whom are impacted by these storms, whether you live on the coast or not, uh, you could fund uh, the revenue stream that's necessary to pay off the bond indebtedness. And that's sort of an expansion of flood insurance, if you look at it, right? I mean, it, people it who, are, who are living at, at in-risk areas pay a little higher premium, and what you're doing is just revealing to the world, hey, uh, you, you living in, in the loft on uh, 41st Street, it's, uh, you're, you're at risk, too. Yeah, some may say, why, right? why should I pay for it if I live 50 miles inland? The, the question <laughs> is, that when New York City goes down and the entire port of New York goes down, it's the third largest port in the country, mm -hmm. the economic impact of that is regional. Uh, just under 12th Street in lower Manhattan, just from 12th Street down to the Battery, uh, they create 17% of the tax revenue for the state of New York. So if they're down, mm -hmm. then anybody in New York is going to, to suffer financially uh, in, in many different ways. Yeah. Also, the people that work in New York and the businesses that thrive in New York City or along the Jersey coast in the port of New York are really um, are sources of employment for people that live 50, 60, yeah. 70 miles away or more. So that, that that economic impact affects you anyway. So paying another $20 on your combined insurance costs could well preserve the 
health and vitality of the economy, the value of your home even, for years I, and a century to you're, come. You're absolutely right. Unfortunately, we're running out of time, and I haven't re- we haven't talked to about one thing that I think is one of the most amazing. This is this is the 21st century Contiki. What we have here, uh, Bill has taken has uh, bought a light ship. This is and uh, what a a codfish state senator is doing with a light ship, and he's going to make a great sale. Bill, briefly, as briefly tell us what in heaven's name is a light ship, and why are you outfitting and what the heck are you going to do with it? Well, Lightship is a floating lighthouse. Oh, okay. And uh, All right. my wife and my son and I own two of them. And uh, Two of them. And uh, these sure. are antique floating lighthouses. Mm-hmm. And we bought them to preserve them, but also to preserve the tradition they represent. Uh, these lightships were, were based uh, to warn people of hazards. And because both of them served the Nantucket Lightship Station, uh, they, their beacons, the lights on top of the masts on these ships, greeted immigrants from 1854 oh, to 1983. Yeah, sure. So if you came to this country and you saw that light, you know you had arrived in America. So the lights became known as the beacons of hope and oh, warning. Wonderful. And taking those beacons of hope and warning and trying to see the hazards that live beyond the horizon. You can see yeah. these lights beyond the horizon. I can see where your metaphor is going. And, and you are going to do what? We're going to circumnavigate the continental United States going port to port Focus on this new reality of rising sea levels and extreme storms and building a coalition that can speak with one voice and one agenda as a wake-up call to this country that we have to address this new reality or it will impact us as a uh, national economy and our national security in a uh, uh, detrimental way that affects us for generations. I don't need to believe in climate change. I can say it's a liberal plot, but I can still still believe and get behind what you're doing, right? Senator Cornyn from Texas. Doesn't uh-huh. believe in climate change. Right. Doesn't believe in rising sea levels. Doesn't believe in earmarking. Last year he earmarked, ear, earmarked excuse me, $350 million to build a storm surge barrier, design the storm surge barrier, right. and just got the lion's share of $15 billion from the president's latest uh, budget to continue with that design and construction. We have this threat to our national security and our national economy that has to be addressed, and if we don't do it, we not only cause this problem, I believe, uh-huh. but we're failing multiple generations in assisting future generations to address it successfully. And what do we owe our generations? We owe a moral imperative to do something about it and to act now and to face this new reality rather than denying it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is, I think, Bill has just spoken a timeless truth. Uh, so, I, And this is a quill pen moment. I would like you all to take out your quill pens, dip them in the inkwell, and jot that down, what he has just said, that we owe the next generations a moral imperative, and it is a, a responsibility incumbent upon us alone. Bill, if I want to help, if I want to uh, help you float your boat, if I want to... Uh, learn more about climate change, if I'm looking for uh, a speaker with a triple-digit IQ, um, how do I, how do we get in touch with you? How do we learn more about this? Uh, you can log on to uh, nichiusa.org, nichi.org, that's the acronym for the National Institute for Coastal and Harbor Infrastructure, uh, or you can email lightship, like light bulb, at lightship612 at aol.com. Wonderful. And, of course, you'll be able to find all that information again on theartoftheceo.com under Bill Golden's profile. 
And so, Bill, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, can we can we seduce you and Braden back sometime? Oh, absolutely. This is a pleasure. And you, sir, are a national treasure. You <laughs> should be on NPR, not just in this country, but around the world. Your wisdom, your insight, your humor. Perhaps most of all, so we all, you know, don't slit our wrists when we see, the, see these problems. But we're motivated to do something and to use that most divine spark of the human spirit, free will, which we oh, all have. We are the CEOs of ourselves, and we should take that responsibility as our ultimate and primary responsibility. From Bill Golden, there truly can be no greater compliment. Uh, so as we round out today's feast, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation. That is, whoever said, and this was in a newspaper ad, he said, men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. And as a hint, A, it was not Bill Golden's ad. Uh, B, it was uh, you get an extra prize if you can determine whether this explorer was advertising for help for a trip to the South Pole or he was talking about marriage. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com to win an absolutely career-in-life-igniting gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, there's a fine line between self-promotion and arrogance. And I've erased it. <laughs> so, and to you, gleefully sharing today's piece, I hope you've enjoyed the Art of the CEO uh, show as much as Braden and Bill and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember that you may download this on all our shows at theartoftheceo.com. And finally, to you, who have honored us with your time, may I say as always, it has been a privilege. I thank you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.